The following is a co-production of Belmont Council on Aging and the Belmont Media Center. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Talking News, stories from the Belmont Citizen Herald, read by volunteers from the Beach Street Center. This week, our readers are Claire, Max, and Thomas, reporting on news and events in Belmont. And now, on with the show. Thank you, Bob. Looking for new ways to protect tenants by Will Holmes. As the potential end of the moratorium on evictions and foreclosures draws near, state legislatures look for new ways to protect landlords and tenants. <clears throat> At a September 23rd news conference, Governor Charles Baker indicated he doesn't want to continue extending the Massachusetts mandated moratorium, which began April 20th and was set to expire October 17th. Quote, the longer this thing goes on, the deeper the hole gets, not just for tenants, but also for landlords, especially small landlords, Baker said. The eviction moratorium temporarily stops landlords <clears throat> from any evictions, except for those involving criminal activity or the endangerment of health and safety. It also paused pending non-essential eviction cases. The moratorium gives tenants more leeway with <clears throat> rent payments and allows landlords and homeowners to pause mortgage payments. Although the state eviction moratorium ended October 17th, the federal eviction moratorium will last until December 31st. Some landlords criticize the Massachusetts moratorium for its broad eviction protections. Quote, I am absolutely furious over this bill and agree with many commenting it is unconstitutional, said Donald Doyle on a MassLandlordsNet.net forum about the eviction moratorium. I'm scared after all these years of working hard to maintain this home, provide nice apartments and build equity to even think that one terrible unconstitutional rent moratorium bill could possibly take it all away is, is unacceptable. Doug Quattrochi, executive director at Mass Landlords, said landlords aren't immune to the effects of this pandemic. The basis for us is housing, which is essential, and landlords, unlike other essential workers, aren't guaranteed pay, and a lot of us haven't gotten paid for months and months, said Quattrochi. Landlords still have to make repairs and pay the mortgage. We didn't get mortgage forgiveness. State Rep Mike Connolly, Middlesex 26, said he hopes to follow up the eviction moratorium with an act to guarantee housing stability during the pandemic. Connolly was one of the bill's original presenters along with state rep Kevin Hornponen. Our main focus is to make sure no one is displaced or put on the street due to any impact or indirect impact of COVID, said Connolly. In this time of COVID, our immediate priority is providing relief. This new act would implement a freeze on the rental rate for the duration of the state of emergency and one additional year after it ends based on the rental rate March 10th, when the state of emergency began. It would also protect tenants who were either directly or indirectly affected by COVID from eviction due to missed rent payments similar to the moratorium. Connolly said the bill's limit on evictions is narrower than the moratorium and gives landlords the ability to move 
missed mortgage payments to the end of their mortgage. Quote, given the way COVID-19 works, we are only as strong as the weakest member of our community, Connolly said. The bill also promised to set up a fund to provide landlords with grants or loans if they can demonstrate financial hardship due to COVID-19. The bill states the fund shall consist of public and private sources such as revenue from appropriations or other monies authorized by the general court. However, many landlords object to the bill. Quote, this bill is an existential threat to residential real estate rentals, said Quattrochi. Nobody listens to landlords. They didn't listen before the, the, the eviction moratorium and they aren't listening now. Quattrochi criticized the bill's court changes. Under the bill, the housing court department would have jurisdiction over all claims involving rent or mortgage payments. Quattrochi said this would force landlords to take tenants to court twice, once for evictions and then again for missed rental payments. Landlords are getting angry, so when the moratorium expires, they're not going to want to work with the renter and instead they're going to file in court. Quattrochi also criticized the funds set up in this bill for being vague with its sources of income. It's absurd to say these fun, that there's funding in this bill, said Quattrochi. Quattrochi supports the fair and equal housing guarantee via surety bonds policy instead. This system would work similarly to insurance. Landlords could purchase a surety bond guaranteeing full rent from every occupied unit, but they would lose the ability to evict tenants for missing payments. Any missing rent payments would be paid back by surety agencies who in turn would be paid back by the Commonwealth. In this plan, the Commonwealth would repay the bonds by increasing the tax on the sale of single family lots. According to mass landlords, this increase would provide 300 million to repay the bonds. Although mass landlords wrote a potential bill, no representative has filed anything yet. Over to you, Thomas. Thank you, Max. School Project Making Progress Despite COVID-19 by Joanna Kate Savellis. When completed, the new Belmont Middle and High School building will be nearly half a million square feet and house students in grades seven through 12. The project is being done in two phases. Over the past year, phase one, the larger portion of the building for high school students in ninth through 12th grade has arisen from the ground. Brick is now being laid on the exterior, windows are going in, the wiring and plumbing is done, drywall is being installed, and the driveway to the new building is paved. Owner's project manager, Tom Katsunis with CHA Companies, said the project is on target to be completed by fall 2021 for students to occupy the new building. Once that happens, the old high school building will be demolished for the second phase of the project, the 140,000 square foot portion of the building for students in grades seven and eight. Quote, the committee is cautiously excited given what's going on in the world, said Bill Lovallo, chairman of the BMHS building committee. According to Lovallo, COVID-19 has not caused any delays in the project although he said there have been approximately $150,000 in additional expenses for all the safety measures that needed to be put in place to keep the construction site safe. However, Lovallo expects reimbursement for COVID-related expenses through grants they have applied for from the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. 
on September 28th, Gatsunis was notified by Skanska, the construction company for the $295 million project, that four construction workers tested positive for COVID-19. No one else since has tested positive, according to Gatsunis. Quote, Mr. Gatsunis and his team were quick to conduct their own contact tracing and isolation of potential contacts to these cases. Testing of contacts yielded no additional positive cases. At the time, there is no reason to believe the initial cases are part of a larger outbreak at the site, said Wesley Chin, Belmont Health Department Director. The building committee is in the process of selecting furniture, fixtures, and equipment. They have to stay within 10% of the budget, said Lavallo. Within the next couple of months, they have to finalize the options. He said they will have a COVID safe outdoor furniture fair this month for students to try out the furniture. They are also reevaluating the air infiltration system for the new building to ensure the building's ventilation system meets the guidelines for COVID safety. By the end of the year, Lavallo said they will determine if anything needs to be added to exceed the requirements for ventilation if COVID is still an issue when the building is occupied. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Thomas. Apotheca becomes area's first recreational dispensary by Jesse Collins at wickedlocal.com. For the first time in modern history, residents can stroll down Massachusetts Avenue in Arlington and step into a recreational marijuana shop, with Apotheca opening its doors for recreational use on Thursday, September 17th. The Apotheca Group has been in Arlington since 2018, when it opened a medicinal dispensary on Water Street. With the town now permitting recreational dispensaries to operate, the group decided to close down their Water Street location and move the medicinal operation to the new location on Mass Ave. After lengthy negotiations with the select board, state officials, health and safety professionals, Apotheca was finally able to open its doors. Apotheca is not only the first recreational facility in Arlington, but the first in the Cambridge, Arlington, Somerville, and Belmont area, and only the 10th dispensary to open up inside I-95 since the sale of recreational marijuana was approved in 2016. Located at 1386 Massachusetts Ave, the dispensary is located in Arlington Heights. Working with the town has been very easy. They have been great to work with. I think it's because they already had a good experience working with me and us doing exactly what we said we were going to do at the old location, Joseph Lacache said. Water Street was the third floor of an office building. It wasn't the most ideal location. It is true brick and mortar retail. When recreational dispensaries first opened up in Massachusetts, the first few locations such as dispensaries in Leicester and Salem, drew enormous crowds as people flocked from across the state to those facilities. While Apotheca Arlington expects a good crowd during its first few weeks of operation, the mile-long traffic jams are likely a thing of the past. 
our experience opening up our other facility in Lynn in October. It was a regular day. We saw about 400 people the first day, and I expect something similar, Lakash said. I think it will take a while for people to figure out that we are here. We can't do traditional advertising on Instagram or Facebook or anything like that. Growing support for dispensaries. Lakash said, I think we have earned a lot of credibility with the town because everything people were worried about happening at Water Street didn't happen. People were worried that there were going to be stoners everywhere. It would smell like marijuana. It would cause traffic issues and none of that happened. Store vacancies, particularly in Arlington Heights have been a problem for years as small businesses was, had struggled to compete with online retailers. Lakash said that he is optimistic that this, the dispensary will bring in shoppers from other communities, which will help the surrounding small businesses. A lot of the neighboring restaurants and convenience stores are excited because there is going to be a population of people who are going to be coming into town and because we are here and drumming up business for the Heights, Lakash said. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. A New Place to Dine Out in Cushing Square by Julianne Crocker. Bakehouse, the newest addition to 442 Common Street in Belmont's Cushing Square, opened on March 13th, and shortly after, Governor Charlie Baker ordered all non-essential businesses to cease in-person operation. Chef owner Michael Gaddis, originally from Mannheim, Germany, recently reopened and is hopeful that with the continued support of customers and the community, Bakehouse will become a neighborhood favorite. Gaddis grew up with a love of baking. After traveling extensively as an airline steward, he attended culinary school and the rest, as they say, is history. The Citizen Herald sat down with Bakehouse manager Gwen Trost to learn more about Bakehouse. What do you hope Bakehouse can bring to Cushing Square? <coughs> Our goal is to be a neighborhood cafe takeout <coughs> that provides fresh, <coughs> fresh, delicious food at a reasonable price. We want to know your name and you to know ours. We carry Kraft Coffee Speedwell from Plymouth and the beans are incredibly fresh. We have croissants every day as well as a variety of muffins, scones, Danish cupcakes, etc a large selection of salads and sandwiches. We want people to feel like they can come every day to grab breakfast or maybe lunch for work, or even come in and get dinner when they don't feel like cooking. What does Bakehouse do differently from other cafes and bakeries? We're small. I call it a boutique bakery cafe, but don't want to sound put offish. When you walk in, we want it to feel like a hug. We may not remember everyone's name, but we do remember faces and what people like to order. We love being part of a community and a neighborhood. What are some favorites of yours on the menu? Quing Amen, a delicious caramelized sugar croissant, the gazpacho and the chicken schnitzel sandwich. Now over to Thomas. Thank you, Max. <clears throat> Preserving the past, building for the future. Second Generation Keeps Hillside Garden Hardware Going by John Colas. Once upon a time, the part of Belmont defined by the intersection of the railroad tracks and Blanchard Road was known as Hills Crossing. 
In some circles, it was also called Little Italy. When the late Vincent De Giovanni purchased the property in the 1940s to build his hardware store, he called it Hillside Garden Hardware. Vincent died in 2016. On October 1st, 2019, his son Jerry purchased the property from the trust his father left for his children for 7.4 million. Today, Jerry helms Hills Crossing LLC, which operates the newly renovated Hillside Garden Ace Hardware. At his side, his son Troy serves as both chief financial officer and chief information officer. It's a total family effort as Troy's mother Audrey leads remodeling and siblings, cousins, and uncles round out the operations team. Troy explains, we're sitting on prime real estate for which the highest and best used would have been another condominium complex. But that's not our legacy and we feel a responsibility to serve the people of Belmont. Following through on that has meant long hours and total commitment with every aspect of both the property and the business impacted. Quote, to survive, we have to provide the convenience of a local store and a selection of a big box store, said Troy. That may be a tall order, but as one walks the aisles, it seems Belmontians can still find the old parts for their vintage homes, like crown molding hooks, but also new items like smart home devices and even a robot lawnmower. Since becoming part of ACE in January, Hillside has remodeled the interior and exterior renovations are ongoing. Six foot floor displays have been replaced with new eight foot units and over 2000 new products have been added, including brands like Milwaukee, Craftsman and Benjamin Moore. Traeger and Weber barbecue grills and smokers appear to be very popular and sell alongside gourmet spices, barbecue sauces and Yeti coolers. Blue Rhino propane tanks are also available. Hillside's greenhouse area has also quadrupled in size to meet local demand for gardening needs. Upcoming renovations will be most noticeable along Blanchard Road with the addition of an elevator and 1,250 square feet of additional retail space. The elevator provides access to 5,000 square feet of available office space. Quote, we will definitely be open during construction, said Troy. As an essential business, Hillside did not close during the shutdown. They had reduced hours, but did not lay off any of their employees. Their recent efforts to expand have served the town well during the coronavirus pandemic, as Belmontians have been gardening and painting more than ever. Jerry said, quote, Becoming a Benjamin Moore Center came at a great time for both us and Belmont. People were home from work and did a lot of painting. The Benjamin Moore Paint Studio appears modern, brand new, and always busy. Quote, as part of our technology upgrade, customers can order online. And to help people during the pandemic, we began to offer delivery within a two and a half mile radius, said Troy. And now back to Claire. Thank you. La Victoria Taqueria opening in Belmont Center, taking over the lease of Forma El Centro restaurant by Joanna K. Juvelius. Arlington residents Alex and Elia 
Alex uh, Barrientos plan to open their third Mexican restaurant, La Victoria Taqueria, in Belmont Center soon. The couple also own La Victoria Taqueria in Arlington and Beverly. Alex and Elia have been in the restaurant business since 2006, specializing in making and serving the food from their home country. Their first restaurant, Silito Lindo, was located in Beverly. They opened La Victoria Taqueria in Beverly in 2012. In 2014, they closed Silito Lindo and opened a second location for La Victoria in Arlington. Alex said they have many Belmont customers who come to their Arlington restaurant who have encouraged them to open a location in the town. When he learned about the opportunity from a friend to take over El Centro's lease, he decided the time was right, despite being in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. He began negotiating the lease with the owner of the property at 66 Leonard Street in June. El Centro closed their doors September 27. La Victoria Taqueria specializes in Mexican street food, including tacos, tortas, and burritos. Everything is made from scratch, according to Alex, who takes great pride in the top quality of the ingredients he uses and the menu items he offers at affordable prices. We are Mexicans offering Mexican food, says Alex. We have a good product at a good price. That is the key to our success. Alex and Elia hope to open their new Belmont Center restaurant soon. They are currently in the process of meeting with the necessary town departments and filling out all the necessary applications with the town, including applying for a liquor license. Now, here's Max. Thank you, Claire. It's a Hagian named Belmont Helps Challenge Winner <clears throat> by Eric Lubian. Belmont Helps announced its challenge winner, Georgette Gigi Isahagian, who with help from her cousin, Vanessa Atakian, completed 35 of 49 activities. Gigi and Vanessa FaceTimed almost every day, so together they could do jumping jacks, yoga poses, and meditation. It wasn't that easy since I love to move, said Isahagian. We went on walks together, took pictures of trees, clouds, and flowers, and wrote positive messages in chalk, she continued. We made bracelets for friends and family, letters to family members, and brought snacks to each other and my favorite neighbor. Isahagian and Atakian won a visit from Belmont's own Becca Pizzi, the two-time winner of the World Marathon Challenge and female record holder an autographed copy of her book, Feet on Feet, and local gift certificates. All participants received a free ice cream from Moosey's after completing at least one activity in each of seven categories created by Belmont Helps April Edrington and modeled after the World Marathon. Sponsorship of the challenge raised $10,000 from People's United Bank, Winbrook PTA, Belmont After School Enrichment Collaborative, BASIC, Friends of the Public Library, and generous private donors, as well as partners listed on belmonthelps.org. In addition to collect, connecting volunteers and resources to those in need, paying for groceries, acquiring gift cards from local restaurants through purchase and donation, 
making masks for the community, Belmont Helps plans to continue the town's effort to hashtag Brighton Belmont. Belmont Helps, a Winbrook Parent Teacher Association, a 501c3 committee, is a 100% volunteer organization founded on March 14, 2020 to connect Belmont area community members in need of resources and volunteers during the COVID-19 outbreak. More information can be found at www.belmonthelps.org. Over to you, Thomas. Thank you, Max. Neighborhood Streets program comes to Belmont. Food Truck Festivals of America recently created a neighborhood food truck program called Neighborhood Streets to bring food trucks to local towns, including Belmont, for a socially distanced lunch or dinner due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Quote, our initial goal was first and foremost to keep the food truck industry alive, said Anne-Marie Aigner, founder of Food Truck Festivals of America and Neighborhood Streets. But with restaurants closed and folks stuck at home and told not to go out, we saw that folks needed help and a little something new. Even now, as restaurants start to open again, we don't go out every night. Some nights we cook at home, once in a while we go out, we do takeout. And why not the fun of a food truck or two on your block every once in a while? Quote, it's been a lifesaver for us, said Jerry Denty, owner and operator of Trolley Dog's food truck. Without festivals or concerts or city foot traffic, it has been very, very challenging these past few months. These neighborhood events have kept us in business. Quote, having streets bring food trucks to our town has been so much fun and delicious, said Stephanie Crement of Belmont, who served as her neighborhood's ambassador to get the word out that the trucks were coming. We love the opportunity to try new foods and we welcome the change of pace each week. This opportunity gives us an opportunity to support small businesses and to connect with our community. Neighborhood Streets operates in Belmont, Waltham, Newton, Watertown, Ashland, Canton, Plymouth, and all over the region. It is a COVID-19 friendly program with a truck sanitized and certified and the truckers and customers masked and gloved. All ordering is done online with no cash or credit cards at the truck. Quote, it's a hyper-local program meant to provide residents with some fun and food and brings the food trucks some welcome revenue, said Egner. It's the definition of win-win. And now back to Claire. Thank you, Thomas. Free homemade masks available from Belmont Helps. Since, since masks became a thing this year, Belmont Helps has provided free masks through its mask drive. Belmont Helps volunteers, material providers, and funders have been the key to the program's success and have provided more masks than they could give out in the first mask drive. Belmont Helps is extending the mask drive and offering free masks for all. Whether you are new to the mask drive or already received a mask, you can request your mask at www.belmonthelps.org. 
Belmont Health Free Cloth Mask Drive has created 1,300 cloth masks to date. For more information or to request help, please contact us at belmonthelps.org or the phone 617-993-0162. Now, over to Max. We hope you enjoyed this week's Talking News. You can listen and watch Talking News on Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. on Channel 9 on Comcast and Channel 29 on Verizon. You can also listen to the Talking News anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on iTunes or at belmontmedia.org forward slash podcasts. Tune in next week. I'm Bob Fellerman. We clear? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hi, Janet. Hello? Yeah. Hi, it's Claire. Hi. Hi. Uh, do you need some leaves still? Yeah.